Welcome to another episode of the MMA Lockcast. I'm your host, Manpreet, a.k.a. MMA Lock of the Night, and your boy on Twitter at MMALOT. And this week, we're going to be going over a monster card. And thankfully, it kicks off 2020 for us. We got uh, Conor McGregor making his return, didn't fight all of 2018, and now he's coming back against Cowboy Cerrone, an opponent that probably could have been a better choice. You know, Justin Gaethje is probably the name that a lot of people are thinking. But unfortunately, uh, it looks like the Cowboy and Gaethje fight was the sweepstakes to see who, you know, who who gets to lose and then get the big payday and fight fucking Conor McGregor. So huge fight for a Cowboy here. Um, and then a decent rest of the card. You know, if you guys checked out Combatisseurs, uh, you guys will see that we actually tried to shine a light on the rest of the card. Uh, right before I started recording this podcast, uh, Grand Dawson and Chas Kelly had to pull out, so that's kind of shitty. That should have been a fun grappler's delight, essentially. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we still get the rest of the card. And, as you guys notice, I'm obviously back in Big Rob's studio, so obviously he's in the house. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had to bring him on for the casuals, obviously, mm. because we got... Um, uh, it was pretty much the, the everybody did their 2019 awards. <laughs> KO of the year, knockout of the year, fight of the year, submission of the year, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I wanted to get the casuals perspective perspective of your uh, what you think the knockout of the year should be. Uh, I'm going to show you the top three candidates. Oh, okay. Just okay. based off of one of the the articles I pulled up because I couldn't think of anything past the one that I think that should win. Sounds good. Uh, so first off, I'm going to show you uh, Valentina Shevchenko versus Jess Guy. This was from UFC 238. Okay. Uh, you kind of saw the revenants of this. Okay. Oh, are they showing replays now? How far did I go into? The, oh, okay. Here we go. It should okay. it should happen very very shortly. <laughs> uh, the the blonde girl. Okay. Is probably one of the best fighters, ever. Mm. At least women fighter. Whoa, whoa! You kind of missed it, didn't you? No, it. it, it, it. <laughs> whoa. I got to see that again. Oh, yeah. It looked like she just tapped her in the right place. Probably the most vicious women's knockout of all time in terms of just, like, how dead she left that woman. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's not. She's still out. She's kind of still out. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. This girl's, like, just a soldier. Okay, where did she hit her? In the head? Oh, yeah. She is flatlined. It, it was kind of a live weird, or, or sorry, a weird live view um, where you didn't really get to see it connect, but once you see the fucking replay, jeez Louise. Okay. Boom. Whoa. Oh, it's near her temple too. Yeah. And it was, it, it kind of even looked like the, oh yeah, oh yeah. That was like as clean as you could possibly have a kick. It was like she was out, and and then the kick followed through, and, and yeah, like like she was out before, like oh, the kick was over. <laughs> the only way it could have been cleaner is if she landed on the jaw, but she landed on the head, but it was still powerful enough for her to not get knocked out. Crazy. That's her sister. That is her sister. There's no way these fucking women look alike. It's such a trip. Wow. <laughs> okay, so that's numero uno or okay. or nomination number one. Okay. Okay. Nomination number two. Okay. James Vick versus Nico Price. Yeah. And it fucking kicked me out of the video. So it's okay. Let me try to finesse this shit Let's live. Do it. Let's <laughs> do it. Um, 
Because we all know how good Fight Pass works. Come on. <laughs> Fucking Fight Pass. Uh, oh. You want that volume off, that's for sure. Okay. I believe it is coming right okay. here. Okay. Oh, he was already out. Oh. Okay, sorry. That was a little bit too quick. Oh. Okay, just watch this. Boom. Oh, wow. He was already out before he started eating those punches, but look, he just... Like, it looked like he was done, and then he just, like... Ate a couple more shots, but it was the heel, dude. The heel at the right spot. Yeah. It's still out. Wow, let's see. Where did he hit him? Oh. Right under the... Was it under the chin? It was right on the chin. It was, like... Yeah, so dead on. It's very rare you ever see somebody actually get this knockout. Okay, now, when shit like that happens, is like people are, like, spitting out broken teeth and stuff or is uh, it there's just mouth guard normally fine. helps okay yeah mouth guard is normally okay. the best and now he's praying for him <laughs> crazy knockout like this guy has one of the crazy I've, I've, I've shown you one of his knockouts before where he was on his back and he was punching a guy and the guy went out look at that it was his right heel oh but the guy was already out like oh, all yeah. those punches so, so were unnecessary so watch the right so, heel right heel boom he's out he's already out He's already And then out. he hits him behind his head, and then he, what, he's hitting him in his... Yep. Hitting him a few... T okay, so wait. The heel, right heel. Boom. Boom. The guy's already out. And then he's hitting his... He had maybe six, six, yeah. six punches unanswered. But obviously because the guy was out and down and fucked, pretty much. That one was crazy, just because you never really see somebody off their yeah. back get a knockout like that, right? Oof. Uh, and then this is our last candidate... Let's see if I got the time. Jorge Gamebred and Masvidal. I'm sure you guys already heard that. Jorge Masvidal and Ben Askren. All right. A highly touted matchup between these guys. I love this guy. All right. I think I've shown you this one, but okay. I need to show it to you again. <laughs> Just for this sake. Yo, it's not going to be the foot, is it? Uh... Yeah. Close enough. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you think I would do that to you? Oh, fuck. The rubber leg. <laughs> oh, oh, yo. The, yo, you know what you're not picking. <laughs> I remember this one. Fastest knockout in UFC history. Yeah. I gotta see that again. <laughs> this guy's yeah. so jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. What? And the crazy thing is, the crazier thing is, um, he released footage of him after uh, yeah, practicing. practicing you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're telling me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Straight clowning it. Yeah. It was a big, like, grudge match going into it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He clowned on himself. Now, okay, the, now check this out. I was thinking about this after the fact. If, for whatever reason, it leaked word got out that that's what he was practicing he could have been demolished for sure for sure so 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 it was good it was like tight security no one oh, said yeah. anything it was, it was like just his team just, just him team. and his team come on show me the replay already. huge strategy no, he's still talking shit <laughs> okay here we go <laughs> like 
he started the fight off but that way with like his hands behind his back, like all even in the training yeah, footage. Yeah, like, like he wanted him to to lull him to think, okay, he's just not coming out that fast. Right, and then and he, he walks slow, and then he quickly reacts by kind of trying to go for a takedown because that's that guy's game plan is to try to take you down. He really sucks at striking, so everybody knows he wants to wrestle, so he knows his his main instinct and his impulse is going to be to shoot, mm. which is to go for the takedown. And this guy knows that. So he lulled him into it and just went straight for the flying knee. Oh, it landed so <laughs> fucking clear. Oh, and the knee hit him right in the, and then right in the chin. And then he hit him twice. Already out though. So now if the ref doesn't stop and he just keeps hitting him, it, does he just keep hitting him until keep the ref stops? Him. It's on the referee. Now what happens if, he dies because he keeps hitting him. The ref's not calling, and he just ref keeps hitting him. Ref will probably get ro- locked up. Really? Yeah, I don't think he would be liable. Okay. Like even like it's in the rules. Don't stop fighting until you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until a referee stops it. Sure, sure, if sure. The referee doesn't stop it. What are you supposed to do? Yeah. No. No. I was just curious. Wow. That's that's so? wild. Okay. Uh, th- <laughs> dude, hands down. Hands down. What are you talking about? This right? is like okay for sure. That's yeah. That 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 to me was just like, yeah, just awesome. It, it also skyrocketed his stock, mm. and now he's one of the most like famous fighters in the UFC. He had another big fight at the end. Of, that was his second fight of the year. Oh. His third fight of the year, he fought at Madison Square Garden, okay. headlining a guy against who is another big star, Nate Diaz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and The Rock was, showed up. Like The Rock came there. <sighs> President Trump was there. Like that's how big he they was, made the event big. to be. And they made a they made up a bad motherfucker belt. <laughs> For that fight, whoever won that fight wanted anyone. Like, his, because yeah. that was viral. That went yeah. viral immediately. Fuck. And everybody hopped on him. The other ones were good too, don't get me wrong, but this one was different. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it, it, it stood out. It was record breaking, legitly record breaking. Yeah. Uh, my friend that uh, hooked up all those posters in my studios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he put out this artwork. Okay. Fucking crazy. Uh, it? It, it is I hope one. I hope he shows that like he's mid. Fl- oh, he did. How sick is that? And he, and there's a record and it's being broken. Shattered. Right, and it has the five seconds in there. Holy shit! How sick is that? <laughs> I love it. Right, I love it. He fucking sold that shit like hotcakes. Well, he 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 totally captured it. It's perfect. Perfect. N- can't say anything else about it. I'm gonna get him to give me that one. Fuck. I got to put it up in the Fuck, studio. Five seconds, yeah. Fucking crazy. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Big Rob. I got to get into this fucking show. Cool, brother. Thank you. We'll catch up a little bit more on the next episode, I promise. All right. At least for the student. We've already caught up. But I'm <laughs> yeah. <gonna know>. For <laughs> the fans. <laughs> True. <laughs> fans want to know. Um all right, so UFC 246, huge fucking event this weekend. Uh, again, outside of the main event, the names are lacking a little bit. However, each fight impro- uh, you know brings something intriguing to it. Um, I'll start off with the, you know what? I have it's been so fucking long since I've even talked to you guys. So UFC Busan was actually the last betting event. I did squeeze in Bellator 237, um, but I'll get into both of those real quickly. I'm just going to glide over them because this is probably going to be a pretty long episode. Uh, but yeah, I got. Uh, my dog of the night play, Charles Jordan. I had uh, 0.75 units at plus 252 against Du Choi. I thought that fight was a no-brainer to bet, especially at those odds. People were just writing off Charles Jordan because he had a loss to Desmond Green. 
big shit. You know, stylistically, this was a great fight for him to take, and he capitalizes on it. So big ups to him. Charles Jordan gets to finish there. Uh, Lock of the night play, minus 240, I believe it was. Might even be 270. I, I, I got the fucking Australian odds up. Or UK odds up. Let me let me fix that real quick. Uh, but yeah, uh, Kyung Ho Kang was the lock of the night play. F- easy five unit play for me. Almost every time I that guy fights, I'm probably gonna lay the juice depending on if I truly believe it's actually worth it. And in this case, the minus two fifty was definitely worth it for Kyung Ho Kang. Five units, two profit, two units on that. That was a great hit. Uh, I had a sprinkle of a dog of the night play on. Uh, Tanner Bozer, 0.25 units at plus 530 against Cyril Gan. Gan is is looking like the truth, and I definitely thought that Bozer was going to be a good test for him, especially in a heavyweight division that's kind of lacking, and Bozer is kind of, you know, treading around there. He's very experienced, been all around the world, has a ton of different assets in his game, but Cyril Gan is showing that he, once again, that he is the man to fucking kill here. Um, so, uh, yeah, minus 0.25 units on that. I had a parlay of uh, Omar Morales, who hit pretty easily, as well as Alexander Rakic. I believe he got robbed in that fight against Volkan Uzmir. Not going to get into it. We had a deciding splits episode on that, so make sure you go back onto the YouTube channel and check that out. I had 1.25 units at plus 154. Hit, uh, missed that shit because of that robbery, but that would have been a nice hit. Uh, and then my Hail Mary uh, Patreon parlay, 0.25 units at plus 778. Uh, I had Rakic and Mike Rodriguez with on that one, so that one kind of hurt. Regardless, I ended that night with the uh with the profit 2.4 2.14 units happy with that one um you know that's two back-to-back lock of the night events that i hit uh i don't really count the bellator event that i bet on after as uh you know in my streak of lock of the night events um it's strictly due to the fact that it's just dog of the night plays you know i don't i don't i don't couple those together so in my head i'm in a two two event uh lock of the night streak um or two lock of the night streak whatever you want to call it um, and uh, I, I did bel- uh, bet on the Bellator event, uh, Bellator 237. I had one unit at plus 120, and Quentin Rampage Jackson immediately regret that bet after I saw him step into the cage, uh, but I you know, thought if he just landed on Fedor once, it would have been enough, and then I had one unit at plus 280 on Sydney Outlaw, on a person that I thought was uh, di- uh, you know, regressing in Michael Chandler, so I was more than happy because I, I think that Sydney Outlaw is a great fighter, very good jiu-jitsu. Obviously, it was going to be tough for him to get the fight to that, that state, but considering uh, how Michael Chandler has looked at, as of late, I thought there was definite value on Sydney Outlaw at plus 280. Um so that was minus two event, uh, minus two units, but I still believe that I'm on a two-event winning streak. Those dogger that I plays there, if I find value in them, I'm more than happy in taking them. But yes, I do regret the Rampage Jackson fight. So, um, so for two, UFC 246, I already have one bet in play, which I'll get into since it's on the main card. But as I've been doing recently, I'm going to be going quick picks through the main card or through the prelims with the exceptional one fight that I'll actually get into for you guys. And then I'll get into the actual uh, breakdowns of the main card. Um, might introduce uh, all the picks, uh, you know, full breakdown of every fights in February. You know, I, I, I took a shot with the Patreon thing. I still think it could be useful, and I've dropped the price down significantly for it. Um, but I'm going to still be adding a little bit of content there for people. But I will probably do the full card breakdowns for you guys once again uh, come February. So look out for that. All right, so let's do quick picks uh, on the prelims. Uh, and we'll move forward from there. So I got J.J. Aldrich over Sabina Mazzo. I got Ode Osborne over Brian Kelleher. Don't really care too much about that fight. And honestly, haven't looked the best into that fight, but I might throughout the week. We'll see. Uh, I got Tim Elliott over Askar Askarov. I got uh, Alexei Kamur over Justin Ledet. I got Nazrat Hakpras over Drew Dober. Andre, uh, sorry, Sodik Youssef 
over Andre Feely. Excuse me, Jesus. Uh, and then I got Macy Barber over Roxanne Modafari, though I am probably going to have a bet on that, uh, and I believe that's that bet's going to be over one and a half. I do think that Macy Barber wins, but I think it's going to be a lot tougher from Roxanne Modafari to put it away. So I like the fact that Roxanne will be able to, to survive for at least seven and a half minutes. Uh, but yeah, I'm picking Macy Barber to win there, but I believe the bet is going to be the over in that fight. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I kind of fucked it up. <laughs> My... Uh, my guest I'm going to be bringing on for this event actually helped me break down Nazareth Hackpraz versus Drew Dober. Um, and I will insert that right here and right now so you guys can watch that. I am now joined by a friend of the show. It's long overdue that I have this man on. Uh, we've been pretty much going at this game for a long time together. Since I came into this game, me and him have been really good buddies. We've been partnering on a lot of shit now, too. Uh, you guys can find him at, MM, at Newsome underscore MMA on Twitter. Newsome.co.uk is his website, and he is the co-owner, analyst, and handicapper at MMAplay365.com. Newsome, what the fuck is going on, my man? Uh, thanks for having me. How we doing? Good, good, good. Uh, before we actually get into the matchup that I brought him on for, uh, I just want to quickly drop a little bit of info about the tape index. This is something that me and Newsom teamed up on over a year ago. It's been a solid year since we came up with this idea together. Uh, and then we've been implementing it since February of 2019. It's coming up on a full year that we've actually had this out there for, for people to use. Uh, it's pretty much a better uh, a betters and a uh, daily fantasy sports prep kit is almost what I like to describe it as. Um, and it's pretty much been helping everybody out, you know, um, leading up to fights. It has all the links of all the uh, prior fights of fighters that are fighting on the upcoming card. Uh, and then in February, we're actually going to be doing a little bit of a change. We're going to be putting it behind a paywall. It's going to be $4 a month, but we're going to be adding to it. We're going to be adding Bellator. We're going to be adding the PFL. And also, we're going to be going at least four weeks in advance of where we're currently at just to allow, just to allow people to get a little bit more ahead of the schedule because we know we got a lot of people that like to get ahead of the schedule, yourself included. Right, Newsom? Yeah, absolutely, and you know, it it might suck to some people that it's behind a paywall. But listen, we're not we're not looking to extort anybody with this. You know, we're only asking for a little bit. You know, the work that goes on behind uh, the tape index is just it, it, you know it's so time consuming, and um, you know it, it's helpful for everybody. But I just you know, as we've already spoken about yourself, you know, me and yourself, Lock, I think just just something little you know I, I think w would suffice and you know we're talking about four dollars a month and when you really break that down if there's four ufc events in uh, in a particular month you know it's a dollar per card which is you know it's nothing considering how much time it's really saving people and even ourselves like we're the ones that put it together but once it actually comes down to to using it it's so much easier than fucking even fight pass like their, their search tool is is pretty broken you know you, if you type in nate diaz versus anthony Pettis, you should expect it to be the first thing that comes up but it's kind of not <laughs> you know it's it, whereas the tape and next you just go to our page click on the fight that you want to see it it takes you right to it and even if it's in uh, the middle of an event it, we have exactly the timestamp of where you're going to be able to find that fight too so i think it's very helpful for a lot of people a lot of people have been showing their their appreciation and and we really feel it uh but you know it like you said it takes a lot of work to fucking put together and i think that uh you know i, I believe it'll be very well received uh regardless so we'll see who actually comes through with it and and actually uses it moving forward and that's not even that's not even us talking about Yuku as well, you know, the Chinese YouTube. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I've I've had a lot of pains fucking dealing with that website alone. They they have uh, like 
minute long ads that you need to sit through regard there's no skipping them either so that's the that's the, the tough part about actually using yuku uh but let's actually get into to the fight that i brought you on for uh well, well what i actually do with the guests is i allow them to pick the fight that they want to talk about the most and it may not be the main event which is you know i am the most happiest about when people bring up a fight that's not the main event because i want to give shine to all the fights that are on the card there that may either be very entertaining or at least have some uh you know valuable betting lines uh attached to them whether it's a prop or a straight bet so we got Nazrat Hakparas versus Drew Dober coming up huge big fight you know Drew Dober is coming off a big uh, finish over Polar Reyes last time out whereas Nazrat Hakparas is on a three-fight winning streak beating Joachim Silva, Thibaut Gauti and Mark D. Casey one of your guys over there uh what, what are your thoughts on the fights well what, what's your thought on this I was stylistically how these guys match up well first of all I think you hit the nail on that when you was um when you was talking about the introduction you know being happy that you know people don't pick the main event because it gives shine to other fights fighters and you know that's one of the reasons why uh, i picked this fight because i feel that I, I just feel that not not enough people especially on social media are talking about nasrat hackbrass right now because i genuinely think that he's one of he's one of the hottest prospects in in the ufc and i think what people forget is that he's still a kid man he's still 24 and he's he's so good He's just so he's just such a good fighter. He's at a good camp. He's got good management behind him. You know, ev everything everything is lining up for for Nazrat Hakbaras to make to make a real run in the UFC. And like I say, that was one of the main reasons that I wanted to talk about this fight. And not just Nazrat Hakbaras himself. You know, I also like Drew Dober. I, I think Dober's a good fighter. I've won, I won money on him before. You know, yeah. Max bet him against John Talk. That came through nicely. So I I, I like Dober. I like Hackfrost a lot. I like the stylistic matchup, and I just feel that it's one of these fights that is, you know, not getting as much shine. Again, exactly what you said. You know, people are talking about obviously a main event, talking about Sadiq Youssef, Andre Feely, Tim Elliott, Askar Askarov. Um, they were talking about Dawson and Skelly. Obviously, that fight yeah. got, got pulled today. But you know, in regards to, in regards to this fight, I think it's. I think it's a brilliant fight. Now, you've got two predominant strikers, Nazrak Hakbras, which I'll get into in a little minute. I'm, I'm just going to start with Drew Dober. Drew Dober, again, not many people know he's a junior Muay Thai world champion, so he's got fantastic striking, uh, good technique behind uh, behind him and everything that he brings in into the cage. But also training up uh, uh, team elevation, he's, he's developed a, a really good wrestling game as well. And, he showed that a lot against. Uh, well, he's shown it a lot in 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 a lot of his fights. But again, I'm going to go back to that John Tuck fight because John Tuck's a good uh, a good jujitsu practitioner himself, a black belt, I believe. So you know, he was taking him down. He was controlling him. Uh, he was staying out of the way of uh, any sweeps, reversal, submissions. I think Drew Dober injured himself in that fight as well. So you know, to still be able to get those takedowns and and dominate on top, I, I think that really speaks volumes for for where he's at with his wrestling. But on the feet, like I say, he's got a Muay Thai background. He's a powerhouse. He throws combinations. He, he hits hard. He mixes everything nicely, blends his kicks to his punches again in his combinations. And he manages, he's got good cardio, so he manages to do that over over the course of 15 minutes and three rounds if he needs to. And again, that's something that I like a lot in a fighter. But on the opposite side of the uh, of, of the cage is going to be facing Nazrat Hatpras, which, you know, I've, I've already briefly spoken about how high I am on him. But, man, like, Nazrat himself is 
a very, very unique striker. He's, he's got good power in his hands. He's quick. He's lightning quick. This is something I really, really like about Hatpras because even if he comes into um, a fight against an opponent and, you know, he, he might be matched versus technique or, um, you know, he, he might he might not be the, the more prolific striker inside the cage, but the dude is quick. He's lightning quick. And, the other thing that I like about his striking and what he blends really well together is the angles that he takes. So he'll move laterally, he'll move laterally really, really well. But as he's moving laterally, he'll be uh, he'll be timing his strike. So he might exit off to the to to the right slightly and then throw the straight left down the middle. And it, it's those sort of strikes that not only not only get through the opponent's defence, but it also leaves the opponents really struggling to get reads on Nazra, which brings me right into the next uh, point that I wanted to talk about Nazra as well. It's these reads, it's the IQ, and it, you know, you're know, seeing this develop from fight to fight now. And it, like, Take his last fight, for example, against Joachim Silva, you know, that first round was actually really close, mm -hmm. and, and I, I bet Nazra in that fight as well. I, I had him straight, and I also had him in uh, a parlay with uh, Colby Covington, who beat Lawler. Mm -hmm. So that fight, like, I, at one point, I was I was not so so happy about how the first round went. But actually, when you go go and watch that fight back, it's not that Nazra underperformed or anything like that. And there's an argument that he maybe have dropped that round. But what he was doing is he was making the reads on Joachim Silva. And, you know, the the one downfall, I mean, remember, like I've already said, this kid's 24, so he's still making developments. He's still got improvements to make. And one of the, the improvements is when he is making these reads like he was doing against Joachim Silva, he can't find himself going down on the scorecards. He's got to he's got to remain active. He's got to be doing something. got to be more defensively aware while he's making these reads. But the bottom line is this 24-year-old kid was making reads on a fighter, again, in Joachim Silva. I've, I've, I've made money off him. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Joachim Silva. I think he's a really fun fighter. He's a powerhouse again. Good, uh, good striking, good technique, and he was making reads against a fighter like this at such a young age. And in the second round, at the end of the first round, he really started to take over. And in the second round, obviously, he came out the blocks fast, and he ended up knocking Joachim Silver out, which not many people can say that they've done. So, I, I really, I really like Nazrat. I do like Drew Dober. But I really like this fight, and I think this fight is going to be absolute fireworks for, for as long as it lasts. And I do think that we might see Drew Dober try and wrestle a little bit, especially early on, especially if he's getting tagged and he realises that he's at a speed disadvantage. I can I can see him, you know, re, re, resorting to plan B and going going to his wrestling. Um, but we saw in Hackbrass's debut against Marcin Held, and, you know, I know Marcin Held's not with the UFC anymore, but the dude is still a legit grappler. Mm -hmm. And... Nazrat, yes, he was taken down and, you know, he, he was worked on uh, a little bit. But the fact that someone like Marcin Held couldn't completely steamroll him on the mat and uh, Nazrat Atpras could get back up and things like that tells me that, um, that he's, he's fine down there. You know, he's, he's, he's comfortable. He doesn't panic. He stays calm, composed. And like I said, and I've already said this already, you know, the developments that Hack Prast is making from fight to fight is just astronomical right now. It's like a lot of people talk about the Tibalt Goti fight and, uh, you know, how he couldn't get him out there and he slowed down towards the end of the fight. Well, he slowed down towards the end of the fight because he was going 100 mile an hour in rounds one or two. He was trying so to put close. Away. He was so close to putting him away. Man, I don't know how he didn't, you know, and that's all, that's props to, to Goti because he, he stayed in that fight and, you know, he, he, he must have gone 
to the, to the deepest of depths to, sure. to manage to remain conscious and yeah. and keep that fight you know relatively competitive should we say but yeah I, I really like the fight and like I say I do see a little bit of wrestling coming into it once Drew Dober realizes how quick Akbrast is and if he's getting tagged up um but I do think the fight's won and lost on the feet, and for that reason, I have I have to favour uh, Hackbrass. Now, don't get me wrong; like Drew Dober hits hard. If he mm-hmm. catches, if he's not, if if Hackbrass is a little bit complacent on the feet and he gets caught, then you know it's it's going to be it's going to be night over, lights out. You know, um, but when you're looking at this fight, I just think if the fight is won and lost on the feet, which is where I believe it will be, uh, I think you've got to look at speed combinations power movement and i just feel that nazra is just better in all those facets of, of mixed martial arts and what drew dober is and like i've already mentioned specifically the speed and i feel that you know i feel that a lot of people may think that uh, there's not much value left in high because he did open at sort of like uh, minus 190 minus 200 mm-hmm. um but I still think there's value on his line at around minus 300 now. I, I, it's probably not something that you play straight, mm-hmm. but I, at minus 300, that's a really good parlay piece to to bring, you know, um, a good parlay line together combined. Now, the problem, the only problem you've got with that is who do you parlay him with uh, on this card? Because, you know, it's a, it's a really tough card to bet. But, man, I, like I say, I think there's still value at around minus 300 from a parlay piece perspective on Nasrat Hackbrast. Um, I think he's going to, is going to have developed more in this fight than than what he did in his last fight, and he's he's on a roll. And I think at some point in this fight, um, I'm not sure whether it be the first round. Because like I say, I do anticipate a little bit of wrestling from Drew Dober, but I feel that Nazrat's going to going to land that that left hand, and I think he's going to put Dober out. So um, yeah, I've got Nazrat Hackbrass to win by knockout. Uh, a couple points about the guys before we continue on with it. <clears throat> Uh, you're talking about how Drew Dober's base is pretty much uh, Muay Thai, and he he came up from that. Uh, he's one of the few fighters, kind of like Enrique Barzola, who came out with like a, a striking style, but has developed a wrestling and grappling game that has been you know very successful them, for them in past fights. And uh, I love the fact that you brought up the whole Nazra Hakpras part uh, in terms of uh, you know him downloading his opponents in that first round and then trying to you know put it together in the second round and and you know it's almost like an Anderson Silva type of thing. And I believe one of the commentators actually picked it up in that fight as well. I think it was Cruz or or DC in the Joaquim Silva fight. They're like, okay, it looks like Nazrat's kind of just trying to figure out what Joaquim's going to do. And then, you know, explode after that um it, it's weird how Nazareth fights because he's not he's not the biggest guy at that weight class but his his upper body is just so large and his his shoulder length is so wide that he still fights long and and he's able to evade these guys with their punches and and move in and out slip these punches and and his head movement is uh, fucking beautiful not to mention that you know it's not often that we see GSP in the corner of a guy the last guy I can remember him consistently in the corner of is is Francis Carmont and, uh, you know, that was a while ago. But, you know, if, if, if GSP is actually taking the time out of his day to, to, to corner a guy like Nazrat, you know, I mean, you, you got to think that that he really sees something in this kid. Uh, and him being only 24 years old is freaking nuts to me, considering the, the type of uh, the striking and the style and the, and the composure that we actually see from him in these fights. It's 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 mind blowing to me. I, I love the kid. I think he has like top five potential as long as he continues this this slow rise up. Uh, I think Drew Dober is the perfect opponent for him in this situation. You know, this will be hopefully his fourth straight victory. Um, Dober is a tough out. If anybody's going to be able to bring it out of Nazareth, I think that at this stage it is Drew Drew Dober, and he's coming off a pretty big win over to Polo Reyes as well, where he he stiffed him in pretty much a minute. Um, 
Is there any other li- what, what the the line that's most intriguing to me for this fight? I believe I'm actually going to play as well. Is the under two and a half rounds? I'm kind of happy that they actually stuck it at two and a half and not one and a half at plus one sixty. I think there's immense value there, considering that you know as long as Nazrat's able to get up off the ground, uh, which I believe he will be able to, just as you do. Um, I think Drew Dober is going to kind of be forced to strike, and if you know both guys throw bombs, and and I'm uh, you know if you're giving me what is that 12, 12 and a half minutes to see if a guy is going to fall or not. I'm completely in, especially at plus 160. What do you think about that prop? Or, sorry, that um, angle, I, I should say. Yeah, I, I, again, I think it's a good line. And I also um, I also like the fight doesn't go the distance line as well. Uh, I think it, it was around plus 135 yeah, last time. Yeah, plus 135 uh, currently. Yeah, yeah. So I, I personally take the slightly worse line to get the extra two and a half minutes yeah. that's that, that's just me just because you know the amount of times that i've been stung by a second or you know i'm not even going to go into that because I, I, I suppose you don't have the time <laughs> podcast, but, but listen i i'd take the extra two and a half minutes and uh, set sure. the slightly worse line because you're still getting plus money and it, it's good plus money as well because that also gives you the other side as well like i mentioned uh, when i was breaking this fight down you know if drew dober is going to win this fight it's going to be by knockout that's that's his biggest path to victory, and can he catch Nazrat and put him down? Absolutely. I, I think that I think that some parts of this fight is is going to be fireworks, and when there's fireworks, you know, it, any any man can go bang. So, yeah, I <clears throat> the under two and a half, I, I, you know, I think that would probably cash. But for me, I also think fight doesn't go the distance at uh, plus one thirty five. You know, giving giving yourself the extra two and a half minutes. Um, but yeah, I, I like it, man. I think it's a great fight. It's one of the ones that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I was really looking forward to the Skelly and Dawson fight as well. Unfortunately, that just pretty much got scrapped a couple of hours ago. Uh, so that's a shitty part as well. Is there any yeah, other I spent, fight? I spent a long, I spent a long time on that fight oh. as well. You know. <laughs> I saw one of our guys on Twitter actually tweet out, "I'm about to get into the Skelly and Dawson tape." I'm like, "Ooh!" I DM'd him right away. I'm like, "I, I don't think you've been, uh, <laughs> you, you're privy to the news right now." <laughs> yeah, for sure. Saving a brother, man. Exactly. Um, I think uh, I think Tim Tim Elliott and Askar Askarov is yes. uh, is is going to be absolutely you know wild. I, I think it's I think it's going to be a lot like the um, the Elliott and Smolka fight, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to play out in a similar fashion. I think the result's going to be quite similar as well with Tim Elliott winning. So, um, but I'm I'm really excited for that. I just feel that. No, no matter who goes for takedowns, because again, a lot of people are talking about, um, you know, Askarov being the one that, that takes him down. And yes, he took Brandon Moreno down four times. I think the stats say, um, but you go back and watch, uh, watch his entire career because it's all available to watch, especially via the tape index. Another plug there for us, man. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you go back and watch watch his career, man. He, he doesn't shoot a lot of takedowns. He, he's more of a reactive, uh, a reactive guy. Once the takedowns come in on him, and um, you know, Tim Elliott is lands sort of like on an average over four takedowns per fight so i assume that he's probably going to be the one uh more active with his takedown offense but even if he is taken down he's a live wire on on the mat you know as soon as as soon as that leg's taken or as soon as uh, his butt's on the mat you know it, that's it he's off and you know askarov's a good scrambler a good grappler as well i just think it's going to be a really really fun fight and it really wouldn't surprise me if that if that was fight of the night unless the only way I can't see that happen, no matter what happens, is if McGregor and Cowboy is is a good fight because that main event, especially with uh, with the high profile fighters that, that's on showing, will will usually take that. Is, we'll take uh, that fight of the night. But. Is is Elliot and Askarov a fight that you got into your podcast? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so, so don't give all, that, all the goodies away the here, man. <laughs> don't give you all are, the goodies sorry? away here. <laughs> ah, it's all good. It's all good. It's, I, I go into way more depth in, uh, in, that, in that fight anyway on the podcast. But yeah, man, like I say, I, I think that's going to be fun. And obviously, S- Sadiq and Feely as well. I think everyone's really excited for that. The only... The only the only feeling I have about that fight in regards to how fun it's going to be is normally when when these fights are hyped up to to be absolute fireworks, they can sometimes be be a bit of a letdown and disappointment. I hope that's not the case, but um, it, you know, as much as I think it's going to be a, a really again really fast paced good fight, it wouldn't surprise me if it ended up being really technical and. Uh, and both fighters just really respecting uh, the qualities of each other. But, you know, we'll see. I think it's going to be a good fight regardless. You know me. I like my violence bets. And I kind of like the under two and a half on that Philly Yusuf fight as well. I'm not sure if I'm actually going to bet it myself. But just given their styles, I, I kind of like that under in that fight as well. Uh, but I don't, I don't want to keep talking to you off. I, I, I want people to actually go to your podcast, the Newsome MMA podcast. You guys can check it on YouTube. I believe it's available on all podcast platforms as well. So make sure you guys check that out. Once again, at Newsome underscore MMA on Twitter, Newsome.co.uk. It's it's so weird saying that, not just that's, that's new. It's Newsome MMA. Newsome MMA. My apologies. Yeah, yeah, for it's, sure. It, I, I got to get that .co.uk under my belt. You know, I'm, I'm so used. <laughs> to .com or .ca, goddamn. Uh, but yeah, newsomemma.co.uk and then also make sure you guys check out mmaplay365.com. He's sporting that spiffy zip up there as well, as you guys can see. Uh, and uh, yeah, tape it next. Make sure you guys check that shit out as well. Newsome, thank you for coming on. I got to get you on a little bit more regularly. It's, it's Absolutely, a bitch man. That Thanks I, for having it, me on. It's, it's a bitch that you weren't the, the first guest, but things just didn't play out correctly. But uh, I'm glad to have you on for this fucking huge card, UFC 246. So uh, good luck on your bets. Appreciate you joining me. And uh, yeah, make sure you guys check his ass out. Good luck too, man. And I appreciate you having me on. Perfect. And we're back. All right. So I'm, this leads us into our main uh, card. And I do like the uh, opener on this. And I do think that there's uh, uh, some value, especially with the lines moving the way that they are. Uh, I like me some Diego Ferreira here. So I'm talking about Diego Ferreira versus Anthony Pettis. Um, just looking back at a, their last couple of fights, you can see where Diego Ferreira has made his improvements and why I think he has elevated his level to get to a point where he's going to be able to beat a guy like Anthony Pettis. Um, just in his last three fights alone, he's on a five-fight winning streak, but even in his last three fights alone, you can see the the the... You know the forward movement, the consistent pressure, the the punches, the the one one two is one of his, you know, best shots just because it continuously pushes his opponents as well, pushes his opponents away and kind of allows him to be a battering ram and continuously push that pace. Um, I love Diego Ferreira in the spot, and um, you know with the regression that we've been seeing of Anthony Pettis and his ability to just allow his opponents to set the pace and he kind of just conforms with it at all times you guys will notice that in the Tony Ferguson fight he kind of you know starts throwing a little bit more than he should which allows him to gas out even quicker uh you know he was trying to match Tony Ferguson's pace wasn't able to in the Wonder Boy fight he tried matching his pace you know he eventually got the finish in that fight but it wasn't looking good for him leading up to that you know he was waiting around for uh Wonder Boy and then playing into his game and and again setting uh you know matching Wonder Boy's pace compared to trying to pick it up a little bit to try to put Wonder Boy on his uh back foot a little bit more uh, and then in the uh, Nate Diaz fight, you know, not as evident as his previous fights, but he did let Nate Diaz kind of set the pace of that fight. And then he slowly took over. You know, he had a little bit of a resurgence at the end where he was able to actually, uh, 
reverse position on Nate Diaz, but then Nate Diaz was able to get it back. You know, when he, he crumpled, there was one aspect, I believe that Nate Diaz hit him with the knee, and he kind of just accepted the position and just fell to his back. You know, small things like that kind of show... Um, you know, that Pettis is a guy that does, you know, continuously fold. And it's kind of unfortunate. And yeah, you can say what what you want about him. Like, he did recover from it, and maybe it was good for him to kind of survive and, and uh, you know, eventually get the reversal. But I, I think a guy like Fajera would, one, probably get the submission if he gave up that position. Uh, and two, he would continuously follow up with shots as well. Uh, Nate Diaz, he could do that too, but he's not as strong and as powerful as Fajera, in my opinion. So I think he's going to have a lot tougher of a time fighting a guy like uh, Fajera than he did against Nate Diaz. And we kind of saw what, like, you know, as good as Masvidal has been doing as of late, uh, he is kind of like, he's never he's not going to be a champion. Like, he's a good fighter and he can put good pre- pressure on guys and, and strike very well with them. Look what he did to Nate Diaz and then look what, what Nate Diaz did to Anthony Pettis and I'm not trying to do any bullshit MMA math here but if you put the same type of pressure that Diego Fajera did on uh, Anthony Pettis just as Nate Diaz did it's it's a no-brainer. At first, I thought it was uh, Fajera overvalued at the minus 250, and I, I probably would have bet him at the minus 250 as well. I like him even at the minus 224 he's at uh, on Sportbet. Uh, he's at the minus 240 for Pinnacle. I want to see where he's going to be uh, come the time where I really want to pull the trigger. If it gets to minus 200, I'm for sure, I'm fucking ripping that bet. Um, but... Uh, you know, I'm even confident in the minus 225, minus 230 ish range, especially after running the tape. It's it's kind of a no brainer. People can say what they want about Diego Fajera getting uh, clipped and hurt by Mirbek Tesimov in that first round. I think Tesimov was a lot hits a lot harder than Anthony Pettis, to be honest. And that was a really hard shot that Mirbek landed on him. But after that, it was all Diego Fajera. His praise and pressure just absolutely broke Mirbek Tesimov, who I think very highly of. Uh, so. You know, I think that Pettis is going to have issues with uh, Fajera's pressure, and I think it's simply going to come down to that. It's, it will take a flash knockout for Anthony Pettis to win because I think that Fajera is even better on the ground. Um, so outside of a flash knockout, I think this is Fajera's fight to win, and I think there's an intense value at the minus 230-ish range you might be able to get at some of your books. Hit that shit. That's going to be my locker that I play. I'm going to go at least four units on that. Um, you know, the five units I could think about, but I'm going to go with the four units. Uh, I am very, very confident in Diego Fajera here. And if you even don't want to play him safe, you're more than welcome to actually parlay him with anything else on the card. You know, Nazar Hakras is probably the best spot to, to, to parlay him with. Um, but yeah, I love Diego Fajera in the spot. Next up, we got Claudia Godella versus Alexa Grasso. Um, pretty much a pick em at this point. Uh, I think there's a little bit of uh, value on Godella here. Um, the one thing that we didn't really get to see in her last fight against Ronda Marcos was her uh, cardio truly tested, you know. Um, that's kind of been the knock on her ever since she started, you know, having those string of losses. Um, but in the Ronda Marcos fight, it was very, you know, it wasn't entertaining. It it was pretty, you know, it wasn't a fast-paced fight. Let's just put it that way. You know, you're not really going to be able to see what a gas tank is made of if you're going to be going at that pace. Um, I think that Alexa Grasso will force a faster pace. So I think that, you know, with uh, Claudia Godella working with Mark Henry, I want to see if she's actually made some improvements in her cardio or at least being able to conserve her energy when he gets these fighters to the ground. Alexa Grosso does a really good job of, you know, uh, initiating scrambles and, and, and trying to reverse positions as she's getting taken down. She showed it in her fight against Randa Marcos. She showed it in her fight against Carla Esparza. Um, you know, 
Tatiana Suarez fight was very tough for her, but that's going to be tough for anybody. Uh, but I think that Gadella uh, actually has some value at the pick'em line. You know, I'll always favor the grappler over the striker, but you know, the cardio is slightly the the the, the issue of cardio is slightly slacking on Claudia's uh, side, so it makes me a little bit more hesitant to put the money on Claudia. Um, and you know, with how easy it seems to be t- to able to take down Grasso. Um, you know, I think that's a little bit of a concern, especially with a strong, strong girl like Claudia. Um, I'm going to side with Claudia here. I think she does have value at at, um, at the pick'em line that she's at. I may possibly play, place a bet on her later in the week. Not 100% sure yet, um, but it's definitely something that's on my list. Um, Grosso just needs to shore up that takedown defense. And even then, if she's able to at least, you know, her get-ups are decent. You know, some of her reversal attempts are pretty good too. Uh, but I th- I'm interested to see how she does against a girl that has as heavy of a top pressure as Claudia Godella, who, you know, can absolutely improve in that aspect as well. And I think she's going to have a little bit of trouble here with Alexa Grasso um, to keep her down. Uh, but it comes down to her cardio. It comes down to um, if she's able to control Grasso in those aspects and and. I don't know. I, I, I'm willing to find out and, and buy into that at the pick line and possible plus money that she might hit. Um, but as of right now, I'm kind of staying away from it. The plus money might change my mind, but we'll see. And even at most, it will probably only allow me to drop at least one unit on it. Not really into that. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to take Claudia to win uh, by decision. Next up, we got Alexei Olenek versus Maurice Green. Um, you know, pretty simple fight here. Uh I'll break it down a little bit. Like with Marie, let's see what the odds actually are. Marie Green minus 135 plus 115 for Alexei Olenek. Um, you know, Green has shown that he he's one of the more light-footed fighters that are in the heavyweight division. Uh, he likes to move around a lot. He likes to flash his kicks a lot out there. Um, I think obviously he's going to be the faster fighter here. Uh, he has some power in his hands. He was able to put away Junior Albini, but then in the fight after that, he got finished by Sergei Pavlovich. Uh, Alexei Olenek, on the other hand, uh, you know, had some success, a little bit of success against Alistair Overeem, who's been known to be chinny, um, but then absolutely gets starched against Walt Harris in the fight after that. And even the Alistair Overeem fight, he lost that. The, the kind of shitty part in that fight for Olenek, you know, when he did have Overeem against the cage, he was literally trying to hold Overeem with his left hand and then throw bombs with his right hand. And it was just going so slow. Overeem just seemed to just be shelling up well enough to be able to withstand that barrage. And then he took over with knees and ground and pound to finish that fight. You know, I think Olenek could make Maurice Green crumple, and I think he does have the advantage in the jiu-jitsu as well. And Green is not the, you know, considering heavyweights, he's not the biggest slouch on the ground either. He's just not Olenek level. Um, People are kind of banking on Maurice Green's speed and... Uh, ability to keep this fight on the feet to get the victory here and being the younger guy. I can see that. Um, I I like how he's able to keep fighters away with his uh, front kick. I like that he, you know, kicks as much as he does. I hope that he just is able to show that he can bring his kicks back uh, quick enough before Olenek can get a hold of him and possibly take him down. Um, I I favor Green here. I see why he's the favorite. Uh, not a fight that I'm really looking to bet on, to be honest, either. It, it could, you know, both guys could fucking gas each other out and they could be leaning on each other. So I think the the fight going doesn't go to decision on minus 675 is a little bit outrageous, uh, but I don't feel the need to bet the plus 450 on this for the fight goes to decision. And even the one under, uh, you know, the over under one and a half rounds, I think that's a little bit sketchy. It's minus 165 right now. You know, it, these guys could easily gas each other out and not finish each other. So I like... Um, 
I like green here to get the TKO over Olenek probably in the second round. Uh, but it's it's a very risky fight. I don't trust green. I'm going to be honest about that. I don't trust green at all. So um, I'm taking green, but uh, I, I, I don't trust green, nor do I think that Olenek actually pulls it off here either. All right, next up, we got... Um, Holly Holm versus Raquel Pennington. This is actually a fight I do already have a bet on. I have 2.5 units on Holly Holm. Uh, why do I have 2.5 units on Holly Holm? One, they've fought each other and uh, before and she's won. That is a very small reason as to that was close to four and a half years ago, maybe five years ago now. Um, she won a split decision. I think she easily won it. Holly Holm, I think she easily won that fight. Should not have been a split decision. And a lot of people think that, oh my God, there's a split decision on here. So the fight is probably close. And Holly Holm is getting older. Raquel Pennington has probably only gotten better because she was the younger one. Raquel Pennington will probably win now, which is why I think the line is getting as close as it is. Uh, it seems to be stretching a little bit further now. I got it at minus 122 or minus 121. Uh, now it's at minus 130-ish, minus 140-ish at more books. So I'm I'm thinking people are slowly starting to hop on the Holly Home train again. But, you know, th there's certain reasons as why I believe that Holly Home is going to win. You know, Raquel Pennington, she did beat Irene Aldana the last time around, which is a big win now considering that Aldana was able to starch Caitlin Vera in, in her return. Uh, but I think that there are certain things that Aldana and Holm do differently that will allow uh, Holm to get the victory here. You know, Aldana was kind of accepting position against the cage, uh, you know, being clinched up against there and Raquel Pennington able to land pitter-patter shots and, and show off her control to, to steal those rounds. Holly Holm in her fight against Pennington was always searching for the underhook, trying to, you know, maneuver Raquel Pennington and, and, and change positions and even just get off the cage. She was a lot more alert and willing to do that than uh, it seemed that Irene Aldana was. And I believe that Holly Holm is the better counter-striker fight IQ-wise and... Um, you know, and even power. Her left head kick, I still think, has a lot of power behind it. So I think that should give Raquel Pennington some problems as well. But I think that Pennington, you know, continuously crashing forward, uh, she has improved. I'm not going to say that she hasn't improved. She definitely has improved since she fought Holly Holm last time um, and is coming up short against, you know, the GOAT in Amanda Nunes and then Jermaine Durandamy, which was, you know, a very tough fighter for her as well. But it's going to take fighters at that striking level to be able to beat a girl like Raquel Pennington. And I think that Holly Holm is that level. I, I put her in the Amanda Nunes and Jermaine Durandamy level. And you can say what you want about Holly Holm losing that fight against JDR. You know, there's a good case that she probably won that fight. Um, and the fact that it just shows you that she's still able to maintain that level, um, is more reason as to why I think she still beats Raquel Pennington even five years after they fought the first time. Um, you know, there is the argument out there, oh, she's regressing. You know, after, after she knocked out Ronda Rousey, she's only 2-5. and five. You know, she lost to Misha Tate, which was a weird fight. She probably was winning that fight going into the fifth round. Valentin Shevchenko, probably one of the best fighters out there right now. Jermaine Durandamy, you know, no fucking bones about losing a fighter to, you know, a striking battle to Jermaine Durandamy. Uh, Betch Kohei, obviously she should beat her. Chris Cyborg, you know, it's fucking Chris Cyborg. Raquel Pennington is no Chris Cyborg. Uh, Megan Anderson, you know, she was able to get away with that victory with just wrestling. Uh, Amanda Nunes, you know, another GOAT. Um, yeah, it, it's tough for me to see how the fuck Holly Holm loses this fight. Um, you know, the, the only thing is, is if judges were seeing Raquel Pennington's forward movement, uh, but I think that she's going to be getting hit quite a lot. Um, I think that whenever uh, Raquel tries to initiate the clinch against the cage, Holm is going to be able to dig those underhooks and get out. Um, 
And then whenever Pennington continues to crash forward, that's Holly Holmes' game. She wants to counter you. She will set up a beautiful counter, and I think she'll land often enough on Raquel Pennington to sway the judges, to land the more damaging shots uh, and get the victory here. So I'm 2.5 units confident on her. I got minus 122. I might even sprinkle another unit. Not 100% sure yet, uh, but we'll see where the line goes. It seems like it's trending in the worst direction, so I might just keep it at the 2.5 units. But I love Holly Holm in this spot. And even when they were first booked earlier in 2019, I was eyeing that bet. It was currently... around like minus 160 before it got cancelled and I was happy with that line and then as you know when this one got announced and people were betting uh, Raquel Pennington and getting that line closer I was fucking mystified so maybe I'll leave my words next week and and you know Holly Holm actually goes out there and gets knocked out or some shit but I don't think she's truly regressed to the point that she's going to lose to a girl like Raquel Pennington no disrespect Raquel all right that's just getting us to our main event Conor McGregor versus Donna Cowboy Cerrone simple you know there's a reason conor mcgregor's fighting cowboy you know this is probably the easiest high profile fight that he can have uh and i think that he's going to show as to why you know this is the perfect fight for him to come back to at least just to get a maybe even a highlight real victory uh and move on uh to possibly get a title shot such bullshit if that happens uh cowboy you know Great fighter overall, has the tools to beat Conor McGregor, don't get me wrong. If he really wants to mix in his wrestling and, uh, you know, make this fight interesting, he can do that. Uh, it would take him longer than a round and a half to, or two rounds, I believe, to at least secure that type of position where he could do some legitimate damage unless he rocks Conor, obviously. Uh, but I think he's going to have a tough time dealing with Conor's range, uh, his speed, his in-and-out movement, uh, and then that left hand, which I think ultimately, ultimately will be the end of Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Um, it it sucks because I kind of want to see Cowboy win here, but I think that he's going to unfortunately fall to three losses in a row. Um, you know, betting Connor straight here I think is a little bit ridiculous. At minus three thirty, minus three hundred. You know, I, I think that in the distance I think might be better. Uh, McGregor inside the distance minus two fifty. McGregor by KO minus two ten. <laughs> That's fucking nuts. The under one and a half is plus one hundred five. So maybe betting the unders, but actually, you know what? I could see it definitely going over one and a half as well. Uh, you know, everybody's picking Connor to win by knockout. I probably wouldn't even bet the minus two hundred for Connor to win by KO or whatever the fuck it is. I'm just gonna stay away from it. I honestly want to watch it. Like a part of me wants to see Cowboy win. Uh, a part of me is trying to convince myself that there is some value in in uh, in Cerrone at plus two eighty. If he hits plus three hundred, I might have to fucking like pop in maybe a 0.4 unit you know i i think at that point the uh, bet on donald cowboy Cerrone is definitely uh you know of value um you found plus 280 that's fucking ridiculous i honestly didn't notice it got that high um but yeah i, I i'm very interested to see closer to the fight how big of, of a dog Cerrone comes so if, if you guys actually see me make a bet on Cerrone at like plus 300 don't blame me it's it's totally fucking value at that point you know one thing that my man z taught me and not just taught me but like kind of reiterated to me was that don't don't uh don't settle on the fact that a fight is going to play out a certain way because of a guy's chin you know one night it might be there one night it might not might not be and Cerrone you know uh Gaethje did like drop him and have good success against him he wasn't like completely out you know he could definitely Cowboy uh, Connor could definitely down Cowboy with a shot um and and follow up with TKO and and, and finish him that way but you know he's gonna have to land clean enough and and that's kind of another shitty part about Cerrone's game is that he doesn't really move his head the best so I think that McGregor has good enough fight IQ that he'd be able to lull Cerrone into some sort of knockout um 
and 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 it set up a trap and, and get the victory that way. Uh, but you know, under plus three hundred, I don't uh, trust Cerrone, and over you know minus two eighty five. Um, I think is too much for Connor. Minus two fifty, I think, is a little bit better. Um, so if it somehow like spikes and comes back the other way, I think there would be uh, value on Connor there. But at currently where the fight sits, I'm gonna stay out of it. I'm just gonna watch it as a fan. If Cerrone hits that plus three hundred line, I might take a bet um, and, and take a chance on Cowboy there. Uh, and that would be fucking monstrous if I, if he actually pulls that off. Considering what the MMA gods do and how certain things have played out, um, I think that. Um, you know, Cerrone is probably primed to beat Connor right now. But my official pick and uh, my prediction is going to be Connor by first round KO. I don't think that Cerrone is going to be able to, you know, get into his groove before Connor ends up setting up that trap and lands that beautiful left hand and puts him out. Hopefully, we get Connor versus Gagey next because I think that would be the fight that everybody wants to see. And then I think that would be more than enough evidence and proof for him to actually uh, accept a title shot after that um, and be warranted excuse me, and be warranted a title shot after that. So that's UFC 246. I appreciate you guys checking it out. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed Newsom on the card or, or on the on the show. Um, I know his fucking video froze up, so that's a little bit hilarious, but I did my best to get him on camera. You know, Wi-Fi judges or internet judges were in a different uh, result for that. I, I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying. It's, it's fucking late and I'm tired. I apologize, guys. I'm just trying to be entertaining. Uh, regardless... Um, make sure you guys check out the Twitter at MMALOTN I'm going to be sure to put up all my picks there again I've only bet Holly Holmes so far uh, make sure you guys check out the website www.mmalotn.ca uh, make sure you check out the index as well that's on Newsom's website all of this shit will be in the description below make sure you guys check that out and please 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 go check out the episode of Combative Stories that I just dropped with Fernanda Praches. Uh it is going to be dropped within 24 hours of me dropping this video so hopefully you guys check it out at that time and that's going to be available i had a great conversation with her we had some wine we had some beer and we just talked all shit about mma she's been around the sport for a ton of time uh down in brazil helping out the ufc and then just having her own experiences as, as a journalist i think it was a fun conversation um and i hope you guys enjoy it too good luck on ufc 246 i'll see you guys again next week for i believe it is jds and curtis blades next um looking forward to that and from what i remember skimming the odds for that there's a lot of fun lines on there and a lot of intriguing lines which i can't wait to get into for you guys next week but until then gamble safely i'll see you guys next week